to eat the damn cake. I'm Carly. And I'm Maddie. And this is the best background noise podcast that you could listen to. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm back. Maddie's back after two weeks. Um, If this is your first time listening, we are a lifestyle health and wellness podcast. We love to talk about our lives though. And we... um, Just want to make everyone know that there's a spot for you in the fitness industry. No matter what you wear, eat, look like, no matter what, you are welcome and you should never feel excluded from it. Correct. Do you want to know why I'm emphasizing lifestyle? Please, Carly. Because. Tell us. Actually, I don't even want to give this person the credit, but they like they left a review. We got a most recent review and and it was we basically were called a great background noise podcast, Um, which I always say like please leave a review rate subscribe don't leave one unless it's five stars okay (laughs) please um but yeah they they didn't seem to like that we talked about our lives and I was like well that's the direction that this podcast is going in yes we will drop some knowledge bombs here along the way of exercise diet workout routines things and like our opinions on them or maybe a little bit of like research or blog posts whatever we see on it but that's the direction our podcast is going in. I feel like if you start from the beginning of our podcast, you kind of under, like, understand the growth of it. I think this person started at episode like 113. Also, no tea, no shade. We're not that for was everybody. Tea. You oh, know what a lot of people true. use for background noise is one of the world's probably arguably best sitcoms ever. What is Friends. it? The Office. Oh, the Office. Oh, I, that's so true. I think so, you were gonna say friends. I mean, technically, I like by transitive property, like. I mean, much it like started that. off as a backhanded compliment. I was like, <laughs> they have amazing energy. However, I was like, okay, so I like the three stars. Was that for the energy? And then the minus two was that because uh, that's at least you were great background noise and not bad background. That's noise. True. I was that's true. I I feel like that must mean we're doing something right if we're starting to get bad reviews because I learned that's true so in my social media marketing class I learned that if a business only has good Yelp reviews people are less likely to go to them really Mm -hmm. there has to be a balance of bad and good because if you're good like if most people, most businesses even the best ones have bad reviews that's true so you know what thanks for the listen Thanks for the download. And you know what? Maddie, you're so much nicer than I am. If this is a solo episode. I think feedback is I think feedback is important. Great. I think I think they can go kick rocks. (laughs) They don't have to listen to us again. If they didn't like us that much, you don't have to leave a review. That's how I see it. I think we're all about growth here. (laughs) And I think it was okay. But Okay, well, shout out to our first hater. Thank you. Probably not our first. And probably not our last. <laughs> so how was your vacation? No ring. Big shocker. <laughs> so I literally told you to take a picture and hide your hand and post on eat the damn cake. That was the one thing I asked you to do while you were away. But I think everyone kind of was like on a cliffhanger already because I came back not engaged. And so many people were like, I just kept refreshing your Instagram stories. And I just was sitting here like, yeah, same but nothing happened, but we knew nothing was going to happen. I haven't been on in two weeks, so I haven't really had time to update you, but Nick did tell me it was not happening before we left. Yeah. He, (laughs) he was like, Maddie, like for some, for some reason, everyone thinks we're getting engaged. I'm like, what? No, really? People think we're going to get engaged. Why? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, that's so weird. I, who was You're like, it? I didn't announce it on the podcast. I didn't podcast even say a word. I haven't said a word to anyone <laughs> thinking that it's going to happen. And he was like, yeah, Carly definitely thinks it's going to happen. Oh, because I said Maddie's on her engagement trip on the podcast. But you didn't listen to my solo episode, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, I haven't always, yet. I haven't yet. Maddie always shits on Nick for not listening to her podcast. She doesn't listen to our own podcast, whether she's on it or if she's not on it. She always blamed when she's on it because she doesn't want to hear her own voice. But this really was a solo episode, yeah. and I go, Maddie, go listen to the work I did. No, I'm going to. I it's promise. Crazy. I mean, you even had a three-hour flight. I actually did it. sleep too. I I slept <laughs> both flights there and the whole flight back because our first flight was at 2.30 in the morning or we had to wake up at 2.30 so we didn't really sleep and 
I slept both flights and I was ready to rage when we got. So Palm Beach is amazing. If anyone needs a very <laughs> relaxing trip, Palm Beach is Change amazing. Change the subject. Well, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place. I told Hurley it would be the perfect place for him. So he has no excuse to stay out late because the latest we stayed out one night was 1045. And I was like, oh, wild and crazy. Yeah, we're it was such a fun trip. But like when you're away and I feel like you probably can attest to this when you're away with just your partner and it's just you and them. You mostly sit at bars like I go to a bar and sit and eat dinner like her beach. Yeah, yeah, we're we're alone, but we're around other people. We never really sit at a table for two, you know, because most of the time we never made reservations. We just kind of walk around and go wherever. Every time we ended up sitting at a bar. We, of course, talked to the people around us or they would start talking to us. I got called Nick's wife multiple times on that trip. You're like, oh, and you no. know how many times he said, oh, yeah. And I looked at him and I go, no, you do not get to call me your wife. I'm not your wife. He's like, I'm just trying to like leave the cover, like keep it. Well, just No, he doesn't. And I'm like, uh-uh, mm-hmm. That's not actually how it works. Um, so, you know, that that kept happening, which I adored. Um <laughs> But so we were sitting at a bar and we went, uh, we rented a car. First of all, we rented a Mustang and we were so amped about it. And then we dro- drove onto Palm Beach and we were like, oh no, we look, we actually look like we're driving a piece of junk compared to everyone else on this uh, island because it's, must- a Mustang is like the lower end of luxury there, even though I was like, this car is I don't think so are even like luxury. They're, they're not. Like very middle. They're in the, like middle ground. I don't yeah. know why. I, thought, I think just since it was convertible, I was like, wow, it's like a convertible. Is like, it's a Ford. Yeah. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's a fine car, but like it was a nicer end of a Mustang. Like it was all tricked out. So it was probably like, if I had to guess like a $40,000 car, which is like pretty standard. Yeah. Um, We were doing a lot of looking up and then, we're driving around and it's like Porsches and S, like Porsche SUVs, so many G wagons, Carly, you would have been in heaven. But then I was like seeing 17 year old kids driving G wagons. I'm like, this is super humbling because I. It's their parents buying it I for know, them. It's not I like know. they're out on the stock market buying no, it for I know, themselves. But I'm like, imagine your first car you got a G wagon, a G wagon. And it was like a V8, like tan, like so cute. But so anyways, that'd be cute. I was like, it's fun to play rich when you're not, <laughs> but only for a few days because yeah, I, I can't like... afford that lifestyle. <laughs> um, so we were at a bar at on a lower level of a hotel. It was the Ben. Um, anyways, <laughs> we're sitting there and it was hot, so hot and humid every day there, which I love. But I think if you live there, it probably gets old. And we're sitting there in this bar you could walk up from the street onto. So it wasn't like blocked off at all. You could just kind of walk in and seat yourself. So we're sitting there and we got our waters and we're just sitting and chatting at the bar. And a woman walks up from the street. I didn't tell you this. A woman walks up from the street and, you know, I didn't really think anything of it because we just did the same thing. And she immediately walks up to the waiter and that was just not really helping us just helping other people she was like um can I please have some water and the waiter looked like he knew her and was like hey welcome back yeah like I'll grab you some water it was like four seconds goes by and she walks up and stands right next to Nick and was like wow it takes a really long time to get water around here and we're like I, we thought she was kidding and I I don't know if she you know she was a guest or she, I don't know what was going on and Nick's sipping on his water. And she's like, do you think he'll uh, bring you another one? He was like, I mean, probably do you want mine? (laughs) She's like, yes. Sounds like the woman that left us a a review. And Nick like hands, (laughs) Nick had just been taking a sip of his water and he hands his water to her and she chugs it in three or four seconds. And he's like, bye. And Nick's like, why do these things happen to me? That is so <laughs> like, weird. He's like, why do these kinds of things happen to me where like people just approach me and it's like, hey, can I have the water that you're currently drinking? She just left. That's so weird. It was so weird. She was here and back in a flash. Um, so that was a little weird. I lost my sunglasses in the Mustang too. I turned my head and they flew off my head, which was a bummer. Um, That'll happen. Yeah. Honestly, I, I know, right? So bougie. 
I wish like crazy things happened. Oh, actually one other thing happened and then you can tell all your stories. I was like, nothing really crazy happened. But so the night that we went out to dinner and stayed out super late, like close to 11 PM, we met this guy named Phil and Phil became our instant bestie. He did. Unfortunately, like we were talking at one point and he didn't realize I was with Nick and he awkwardly was like, I think you're my soulmate. And I was like, so this is my boyfriend, Nick Lee. How old is this man? He was 33. Oh, and Mary. So he really, oh, so he was not that old. He was not. No, no. He was like that in our old. age. I'm he, like, uh, he's he literally like, like your 40. age bracket. <laughs> Carly, like, you're, you're turning 29 very soon. He's only a few years older than you. Anyways. Okay. So we're chatting with him and he's like, have you been to this place called Cusina? It's amazing. It turns into a club at night, like at 10 PM. They, it, it completely changes from an Italian restaurant to a club. We're like, no, obviously we've never heard of it. So we go and we're, it was really fun. The music was amazing. Actually, Hurley, the DJ was really good. You'd be proud of me. I was, I was out partying. Let's go. I know. Um, but while we're there, he's like, do you guys like hot yoga? Like we're literally, everyone's drinking Aperol spritz, like at a club. It was so weird. Oh, have the turntable I know. with the Aperol spritz. I know we're all drinking spritzes. Nick was drinking spritzes. Oh, I don't know. What was Phil was drinking spritzes. He didn't even know what it was, but since I was drinking it, he started drinking you it. You pulled the four Aperol spritzes. Oh yeah. Imagine throwback. <laughs> so you're like, if only that was now. I would have loved it. I know. I, I'd be like, everyone give me theirs. <laughs> and I'm like, in if it, go back and listen to an ep- I don't even know what episode it was, but it was when Maddie went to the North End for like a business meeting. And whatever you want to call it. And yeah. this awful human being ordered a round of Aperol spritzes and then forced me and Nick to pay for them. And we didn't even like them at that point in our life. So. <laughs> but now I'm like, I'd gladly pay for four. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Take all my money for the Aperol. Um, So we're pounding Aperol spritzes. And he's like, do you like hot yoga? And Nick and I are both like, not particularly. No. He's like, well, you'll change your mind after you come to this class tomorrow. So I sign Nick and I both up for this hot yoga class in West Palm Beach. I think it's called like yoga, yoga city or something. And he was like, it's Phil. Like was definitely a little bit tipsier than we were. He was like, it's transformative. It is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Like it has changed my life for the better. And me a little tipsy too. I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. Sign me up. Nick hates anything hot. Yeah. And I signed him up too. So we wake up the next morning, maybe not feeling our best. And Nick's like, are we going to the yoga class? And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's like, wait, you signed me up. I was like, yeah, I took your phone last night and signed you up on your mind body account. So we go. It is 105 degrees in the room (sighs) with like 100% humidity because we were on a second floor. It's in Florida. It was horrible. (laughs) So you just walk in and you're already drenched. (laughs) Guys, me and Nick didn't get to sit next to each other because it was that packed. (laughs) So me and this rant, like I'm sandwiched in between these two women and he's sandwiched between these two women and then Phil is behind Nick. Like we saw Phil that morning (laughs) and Phil was unwell. And honestly, so was Nick and I. So we had to borrow mats. First of all, so gross because literally it's hot yoga. (laughs) Hold on. So we're going through and Nick's like looking at me. He's like, how long is this? Like mouthing to me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how long this class is. Like I know nothing about this class and they didn't have a water fountain. So I had to buy water and it was so hot. And Nick and I both were so unprepared. We didn't bring towels. We were hungover. We were already sweating just walking in so she's like okay like let's get this started she's in a jump she's so hot first of all she's in a jumpsuit she's wearing a choker she's bleach blonde she's like so yoga vibes but also like power yoga vibes so she's jacked and like i'm so scared yeah this class right now so we start and it's 30 minutes in and this 30 minutes was the hardest yoga I've ever done in my life. Her flow is so fast and and you're just trying to keep up, right? And everyone around you is doing it perfectly. And me and Nick are like, what the fuck is going on? Fish out of water. 30 minutes go by. She goes, all right, everyone grab some water. That was the warm up. And we're both like, that was, what do you mean? A 30 minute warm up? Okay. And by this time I'm looking at Nick and I can't look at him anymore because 
You know when your face gets so red that under your eyes are red too? You know how usually yeah. your cheeks just get red? No, like Nick was Elmo. Nick was full blown, <laughs> just <laughs> so red and looking at me. He's like, can we leave? Like, can we leave? And I'm like, no, we can't leave. He's like, I hate this. <laughs> Another 30 minutes go by, still not done. She's like, okay, second section done. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I signed us up for a 90 minute yoga class. And- at this point, I look over at Nick and there's a puddle under him, <laughs> an actual puddle because it was hardwood floor. So it wasn't like the type of floor that like seeps up the sweat. And Nick at this point isn't even like she's having us lie on the ground. He's like, I'm not lying in a puddle of my sweat. Like, I'm not doing this. So then I started noticing people like would filter out into the waiting room and then filter back in. So I finally am like, I'm going to leave and go buy us more water because Nick has no water left. He's about to throw up like I'm about to throw up I'm dying so I walk out grab water he's like can I go I'm like no <laughs> I brought him back he's like do they have towels I'm like no they don't have <laughs> towels so we leave and Phil was like wasn't that amazing I'm like Phil what the actual fuck were you trying to do to us that was the longest yoga class of my life Nick was about to pass out and if you guys can just picture Nick's face the whole time he just kept looking at me and like shaking his head with a, a, like a straight face like so mad so mad at me he's so mad at me and I'm like la I can't stop laughing and I'm like I'm trying to be serious but at the same time I kept looking at Nick and at this point he was just flailing like he wasn't trying to do any of the poses he was just like I just kept moving to, in hopes that no one would notice that I wasn't doing any of the things correctly he was probably so miserable because when you get stuck in a class that like you're miserable in like and then you realize it's 90 minutes he couldn't even though lie on his mat because there was a puddle of yeah. sweat in mm. the mat he was like I don't want to lie in my own sweat like I'm already <sighs> soaked so we leave and he takes his shirt off after the class and he rings it out I posted it on a story and disgusting. that was all sweat and then he breaks out into a rash and I'm like, oh, from the mat, I don't, he still don't know, he still has it, like, on his neck and his arms. Tell him to go to the doctor. No, I think he's, it's not itchy, he's fine. But he was like, I think I got, like, he thinks he got heat Literally rash. got ringworm. <laughs> we were on the flight, he's like, I have ringworm, I have staff, I don't know what I have. I have, I have everything from that fucking yoga class that Phil made us take. He was like, it was the worst part of our trip, I hated every second you of it. You should have just said no. Like you should have just been like, no, we're good. We're not yoga people. No, we, we had to go experience it. Oh my God. The transformative yoga class. Um, me and Nick made it through though. He didn't break up with me after that. And he was. Yeah. You were probably closer to a breakup than after, an engagement on this trip. Yeah. Bro, after that class, <laughs> for sure. He kept looking at me the whole day. He was like, I'm still not okay. Like. Yeah. No, it's awful. He was like, I think I sweat more in that class than I have ever sweat in my whole life. And well, I, sp I swept my whole spray tan off. Did, I just kept watching it just drip off of me. It was horrible. It's so cute. <laughs> and then also the sock story. Oh, I really want to tell that. That one was hilarious. Okay, so I'm on the phone with Carly today. It's Nick's birthday today, the day we're recording, by the way. And I still have got him nothing. And I was talking to Carly. I was like, I don't know what to get him, but I'll definitely get him socks. Because when we were packing for the trip, I... Obviously, like I've Harley, I feel like guys wear sneakers as their like day to day shoes, right? On trips. Yeah. Sneakers. What else would the oh, other well, options? Did you see? Thong oh yeah, no, I'm not. Well, no, <laughs> no thong flip flops. Oh yeah, but like also, no, did you I'm see? No, that's oh. like not an option. No, but did the you see the shoes. ugly shoes that Nick wore on our vacation? They were Croc oh, sneakers. They were okay. so ugly. You got horrible blisters, which is karma <laughs> for them being the heinous. But so we get to the trip and we're going to the gym and I'm getting ready and he's like, Hey, can I borrow a pair of socks? And I look at him like, no, why? He's like, I only packed one pair. I'm like, what are you talking about? You only packed one pair. We're here for four days. One pair. Of socks. <laughs> and I'm like, is it the one pair of socks that you wore on the flight? He was like, yes. I'm like, oh <laughs> my God. Who are you? Like, what do you mean? He's like, I couldn't find any need uh, you guys. My mother this Christmas bought him, I think, 10 pairs of socks. I bought him 10 pairs of socks. Carly bought him socks. His mother bought him socks. There are so many 40 socks. 40 pairs. At least. Yeah. At least on top of what he already owned. Yeah. And I still catch him wearing my socks most of the time. <laughs> so then I'm like, no, you can't borrow a pair of my socks. I brought limited socks because we are on vacation. <laughs> like, 
Squally only brought one pair. I'm like, we'll rewear the pair that, that you brought. Insane. And you guys, the that pairs is... of socks that he were wearing, he was wearing a pair of work socks that I bought him, like Carhartt work socks, and he folded them halfway down so that at this point they weren't mid-caps anymore. They were like ankle socks. And then a pair of UMass socks that I got, we got when we were on the swim team. So they didn't fit him. So it was like half of a mid-calf oh. on him. Like unmatched dirty socks he wore. And then we had to go to H&M and buy him new socks on vacation <laughs> because he had none. And I'm like, you are so chaotic. Um, and he also almost lost every single thing he brought on the vacation. We went to the rental car place and we're walking out and I turn around and he disappeared. And I'm not kidding. This happened about six times on vacation. I turn around and I'm like, where did he go? He'd come running back. Be like, oh, forgot my wallet. Oh, forgot my sunglasses. This time it was his entire luggage. And it's hot. <laughs> so we're like, well, I'm crossing the street to the, because uh, from the airport, you have to take a shuttle to get your rental car. And we stood at this rental car place for like 10 minutes, renting it, going through the paperwork. And I'm like, awesome. Like, let's go. It's vacation. First day. He is trailing behind me right away. I have my bag. I didn't think I had to worry about him bringing his only carry on around with him on wheels that he had in his hand sitting next to him. So we're walking and I'm crossing and I'm, I'm talking and I'm like, da, da, da. I'm like, no one's answering me. They turn around and he's not there. So now I'm just standing waiting for him and he's running towards me. I'm like, what did you forget your wallet? He's like, no, I forgot my whole suitcase. <laughs> Are you kidding? Then we go to the gym the next day and he brought his AirPods and I made him like run with me and he was wearing his AirPods and he put them underneath the bench we were using and we're on our way out packing up and like, Hey Nick, don't forget your AirPods. He's like, I won't. We go downstairs. I'm like, we should wash our hands. That place was like grimy. We're walking out. He's like, Oh shit, my AirPods. I'm like, you are so stressful to be around <laughs> because I just feel like you never Meanwhile, know anything is. you post him today and you're like my loving, patient kind. He is very patient. But <laughs> he's I feel patient like with you. I, he's patient with me, but I'm also very patient with him. Yeah, but then you come on here and trauma dump. Yeah, I do because he, <laughs> he loses everything. Like, <clears throat> he, oh, by then I thought someone stole all our things out of our convertible and we brought them inside, so... Texting my family group chat like someone stole my my bathing suit out of the commercial. She's like my dirty bathing suit bottoms that were wet. Someone stole. We were like, what? <laughs> my parents were like, I okay. So while that was happening, while you're texting the family group chat that you thought someone stole everything, mm -hmm. um, that was on Saturday morning. Yeah, and I was teaching at Salt Court, and I see thirty eight messages in the family group chat so I you think thought I got engaged yes no just and me all of a sudden dramatic. in between classes I look up and I see like my <laughs> dirty bathing suit bottoms are gone I was like what and then she's like lol never mind we found them in our room I was like you brought them inside I brought them drunkenly in the like because obviously since Nick was driving I had a dd the entire trip so I was like I'll have a couple and I guess I packed up the whole car and brought it back in. And I just Dude. have no, like, I, trust me, you guys, I never got that over, sir. But I just don't remember doing that. Yeah. So when we got into the car after our hot yoga class, I'm like, Nick, where's my Lulu tank top? Where's your H&M bag with all your new things? Where's this? Oh my god. And gosh. I'm having a straight up panic attack, you guys. We were at the beach jumping into the water after the hot yoga class. I'm like, we have to go back. They stole our things. He's like, what would change if they did? Now they have your dirty bathing suit bottoms. Like, what are they going to do with the size 11 shoe that I bought? Like, yeah. I don't know what you mean. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, and my mom's like, don't accuse them of anything. <laughs> Like, these guys were so nice. They definitely didn't steal anything. Like, I don't know why. I just assumed that maybe someone broke into the car because the, the window didn't close all the way. Yeah. Um, In Palm Beach. Speaking of losing stuff, I know. Speaking <laughs> of losing losing stuff, um, let's talk about lost identity. That's a good segue. I know. I am just the queen of segues. Um, so I wanted to touch upon this week going through an identity death, which is something that like sounds so dark. I know an identity death. Yeah. Like when you hear that, you're like, Oh my God, what am I talking about? But I want to, I want to circle back on this because Maddie and I have touched upon it in the past, but I wanted to let you know that 
let you know. I want to let you know. I want to just let you know. I want to let you know that it's very real. Well, and normal. And normal to go through this. So like this came up for me recently because it's now been five months since I've taught spin. And for four and a half years, I was known like part of my identity was being a spin instructor. Mm-hmm. And I almost went into this like denial phase right after I finished teaching. And I was like, yeah, I don't miss it. Like, no, I'm fine. My body, but like, however, my body is so much better off right now. Of course. But I went into this denial phase. Like, no, I don't miss it at all. Nothing. No, I'm fine. And I think that was me processing this part of my identity going away. And it's a different process because I had like made the choice to end that career. But in college, I also suffered an identity death when I was medically ineligible to keep swimming. So it always stems back to a fucking injury with me. Always. But um, when I was medically ineligible to keep swimming, um, I was told that I had to stop. And that news, like it was like a sudden death yeah. which is like I mean, crazy to compare it to but it was like a sudden death like all well, of a sudden you lose a part of yourself yeah I had been swimming since I was eight years old and all of a sudden I'm 20 and I have to give it up for life after 12 years of committing my life to swimming mm-hmm. and so I just wanted to talk about that like transition and obviously what I was saying was that identity, identity death for me was like more of a shock to my system. And it took a long time for me to process that like several months of therapy with a sports psychologist, because I could not wrap my head around the fact that I wasn't going to be a swimmer anymore. And now I think the fact that I made the choice to like not be a spin instructor anymore, like that was one that was like a little bit easier to process. However, I find that now five months later, I'm having more of these like feelings come up where I'm like, no, I actually really do miss that part of me, that identity that I had and like chose to give up for my health once again. Right. I think, I think what a lot of people go through, and I think this happens very commonly with a lot of collegiate athletes and not just those people. (laughs) Right. But I've listened to other podcasts hosted by ex or former collegiate athletes. And it really is such a big part of your identity because, you know, think about like you said, full-time job, it is a full-time job. And then it's such like a buildup too. in high school. You're thinking about, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What are my events? Am I going to sign? Yeah. Like I do, do I get scholarship? Like, will I be able to, you know, to do this collegiately, what division is it going to be? So it's so many layers and then it consumes you for four years or more. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's so true. Part of that dies. Part of you dies because when you finish it, the first thing people ask you, well, are you going to swim now? Yeah. And you know, when you have to step away, it's so hard to create this divide of like, well, I'm no longer competitive I'm no longer doing this for a specific reason other than just enjoying it. And a lot of people you'll ask after finishing four years of a collegiate sport, don't ever want to look at it or do it again. Yeah. It, which was my, or even exercise in general. Yeah. Like they're like, I am burnt out. Mm-hmm. And it takes a really long time to rebuild that part of you. And also deciding if you still want that to be a part of you. Cause once it's done, do you want to leave it to, to die and just be like, I, that's not me anymore. That was me in the past. Right. In, you know, I think it's, I think it brings up this really good conversation of growth in general and life in general of how, who you were five years ago doesn't necessarily have to be who you are now. Yeah. Um, And it can always be a part of you, but, but it's helped mold you into the person you are today. Right. And just like you being a spin instructor for so long of your life, you know, maybe it doesn't have to die off completely and it can be a part of who you were, but it's no longer who you are. And it's carried you to where you are today. Absolutely. And been such a opened up so many opportunities along the way. And, you know, also just taught you so much. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, there are those things that you want to say goodbye to forever, but then there are those, those identity deaths that, you don't necessarily, you can mourn them, but they can still be a part of you. 
Like for example, I, I think swimming, yeah, will be always a part of me, but it's one thing I'm very at peace with leaving behind. Like you'll never want to do masters. No, nope. like I'll never swim again. And I'm very much at peace with that. See, and I'm not with like, because you had your full four years, you had kind of like the closure of like, this is it coming to an end. And, yeah. <clears throat> and I swam like shit my last year. And I think I just can never. Yeah. Like I, I think ending a tens the way that they ended left such a bad taste in my mouth because I just performed so poorly. You didn't perform poorly. I did really bad um, compared to what I should have done. Right. Like, or the expectation that I put on myself and that, you know, swimming previously that year sh I should have done. And I think I'm just like, I am so at peace with the fact that I never have to put my like mental health at risk for that sport ever again. Did you feel like you processed swimming, like the closing of that chapter or have you ever had those moments where you wish you could have gone back and like redone anything? Um, I think sometimes I think about if I had applied myself to the sport more, how much better I could have been. But at the same time in that four years, what I was 19, 20, 21, 22, I was so young and I never, I was still trying to juggle a social life I was trying to juggle college and I was also just trying to like find who I was. You were also a kinesiology major. Yeah. And you know, in the summers, do I really wish I had been training vigorously? Giving up your giving summer. up, giving up my summer, my job, whatever I was doing, my, my time off from being a student athlete, like also no. So I think, yes, sometimes I look back and I'm like, if I had done that differently, how would have it gone? Like, but do I have any regrets? Not necessarily. Um, but I think, you know, like you injury is so shitty and I got injured my junior year and that really sucked. So I think, um, I think swimming was so amazing. And Bob, our old swim coach listens and shout out to him. I wouldn't change a damn thing. Uh, but no, I think he's listening. He's like, you didn't train all summer. No, he knows. Are you kidding me? I would come back. He's like, how much did you swim? I'm like, not at all. <laughs> um, so sorry for what's about to happen in the next few weeks. Not going to go super well in the pool. Uh, but I think one thing that I will say that I didn't realize until I left the sport is how much anxiety swimming caused me my senior year. Yeah. Like it I, you. I was so anxious every swim practice I was going into. And I don't know. I still don't know why. And I think it was this expectation and pressure that this is your last year. This is your last season. You're ever going to do the sport. You have to do well. You have to do well. You have to do well. And, and that's it probably, wasn't fun anymore. It, it, I, it was fun. Parts of it were still fun. The training part should be the fun part, right? Like, I loved, because, I loved practice. Right. You know me. That was like the fun. I hated me. I like feared it. And I don't know why. I, and I think it well, was that pressure. You said, well, and it's not Bob never put any sort of pressure no, on you. It was you. this expectation I put on myself. And I think that's why I did so poorly because I almost didn't, I, I think I didn't try as hard as I should have with like my competition at the end of the year because I wanted to be able to be in control of me being doing a bad job. Interesting. Like I remember warming up for my 200 backstroke and not really caring and being like, yeah, this is just going to go how it's going to go. And swimming really not that well and not making it back to finals. That's so crazy. When you just said that I like pictured myself back in a pool, warming up for something, being so nervous for a race, like getting that like pit in your stomach mm -hmm. of like, Oh, I hated that portion of it. Yeah. But I then like sophomore year, if you'd asked me if I loved it, I loved it so much senior year. I, all of a sudden my expectation and on sophomore myself year was your best performing mm -hmm. year. I had no expectation though, because freshman year of my swimming career wasn't that good. Like I was fine. You were, yeah, you, you were perfect for what, like you came in. I did a good job. You did a great job. Considering that I was probably the slowest on the team. Not on the team. I was, I was basically a walk on my freshman year and I had no expectations for myself and I was just along for the ride, having fun. Same thing, sophomore year. And then all of a sudden, because I started to make a name for myself in a couple events, I started putting so much fucking pressure on myself and then I got injured and then I was okay senior year and I was projected to be a lot better yeah and I still wasn't yeah 
So I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about and talk about because like, I know. Have you ever gone back and processed it like this? No, no. <laughs> so I don't know why we're having a therapy session, on. but it's like, this is now turned into an interview. I know. It's now it's an interview about my trauma of, uh, well, I went ending. to therapy for a long time after. So I like decompressed all this where yeah. it's like, I feel like you kind of just like close that chapter went on with your way and was like, all right, bye swimming. See you never. Yeah. No, I still think to this day, like I'll probably never go back. Cause I, would I, you ever go back and just do laps? No. See, like I crave that. I would do anything to be able to jump in a pool and just swim for like an hour. I have like, I, I swam a couple practices. I think like with summer swim team a couple times after I, um, cause I coached for Foley and then I remember I went back, saw Sean, and I think one time I hopped in the pool for a little while, and I just, I just, I think it's so hard to explain for someone that doesn't swim, but I ha- will always hold myself to an expectation of being good at it. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever be able to go in and just be like, I'm just going to take it easy. Like, I'll want to be as good as I was one day, and I know I will never be that good at swimming ever again. Like. I mean, you could I, if you tried. If I tried, maybe, but like, I, there, like it took such a toll on my mental health that, that it's not that worth it's it not for you worth it to, to me. open up the can of worms again. No, like I feel anxious just thinking about it. Really? Yeah. You would let you? Do you want to go swim together and like go do a couple laps together, like ten one hundreds on two minutes? No, I have no desire. Really. Oh, that is wild. It's nothing like to say that my experience, like my experience at UMass was amazing and I loved it, but the pressure I put on myself, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, and then there are, so Maddie and I are like, I guess, special cases where like, I, like I said, didn't have that closure with swimming. She kind of did have her closure and she's realized like she's mentally better without it because it puts her at a place. And then there are the people who were like collegiate soccer players, lacrosse players, hockey players who all like crave the game and the sport of it all. Um, Oh, for sure. I think and like, we'll go back and do adult leagues because they like genuinely miss like the game. I would do that with soccer. Like that part of me died in high school. Yeah. And And so like that identity death must've been traumatic because that was like a part, a huge part of your life that you had to give up. I mean, I miss it still. I, I loved that sport. People would always ask me if I loved swimming. I'm like, that's a really loaded question. Cause no, you were good at it. I was good at it. And I loved everything that came with it, but not the sport. Yeah. And, uh, people would be like, then why do you do it? And it's like, well, well, what's going to well, get you Janet, money? <laughs> what's going to get you a scholarship like, to college? Is like, it going to be one in a, a bajillion soccer players or like a swimmer? Like, because no one chooses swimming. I'm sorry. It's so, but it was no so one... funny when people would be like, well, why do you do it? It's like, well, like, why do you do a job that you hate that pays well? Exactly. Like, I mean, a job that you hate that pays well might be way more miserable. Like swimming was so much fun in college and I... Like I said, I, I loved mean, it. Yeah. Everything that came with it, you showed up, you had a built in family. I had from a the family and I was there. She literally had family. Yeah. I had <laughs> actual Carly like on the team, but I also just had the best time and best coaches and learned so much. And, but I don't want to make it sound like it was miserable. I hope I'm not. Cause no, it wasn't not, at all. No, you're talking about like your mental health aspect of it was just not worth it. No. And s- swimming it, as a sport, ask any swimmer, it's a fucking grind. It's training is so hard and it's a lot and it's a lot of time and not that any other sport isn't. It's just a little bit different because there's a social aspect during practices and stuff when you play other sports with teams. Swimming, your face is buried underwater. Like yeah. you're not chat- chatting. You're yeah. not. You would like have a 10 second rest and you would like and talk be like, and be like, oh my God. Yeah. So like when I was at the party last night, <gasps> take off like, and like underwater. <laughs> 
So I don't know. I think. And then you get back and you're like, you made that one hurt. Yeah. Oh my god. Take off. Like. And then poor Bob like, would have to listen to the shit. He's yeah, like, oh my like, god. This was in between like sets. Like you're like had ten seconds to like quickly debrief anything that oh, happened yeah. from the weekend. Social kick was like the one part of the oh, day where you're like, social yes, kick. I yeah. Get it's to like when you had life. you had kickboards and you got to kick next to people with your head above water and, and you're breathe like, this the whole is time. The best day of my life. Yeah. Um, that's why we were backstrokers. We got to breathe the whole time. Yeah. Backstrokers really like. It's tough. It's so. tough. It's it's so different. It's such a different sport. But like, yes, I miss soccer so much. Would you ever do an adult league? Hundred percent. But also now I'm like, I'd probably hurt myself. Your back would probably not love. Well, that. my back would be fine. But like, I feel like just knowing my luck, I would just go get some shin guards. You'll be fine. Rub <laughs> some dirt in it. No, but anyways, yeah. We and then like so, Maddie, I guess, and I as collegiate athletes, no matter what kind of identity crisis, death loss you're going through we as like not only built by Byron but as personal trainers want to make those people feel the most comfortable coming back into whatever kind of workout it is because I know a handful of people from the swim team like back when I like was graduating who shut that exercise door and were like I never want to lift again I never want to work out again because we had to, we were forced to, and it wasn't seen as fun back then. And then like getting to people to go to a class after that is like pulling teeth and they, because they associate it with like the sport that they were forced to do. (laughs) I never lifted until built by Byron started because I injured myself lifting in college because we were not, not that we were not properly taught. We had a strength and conditioning coach who specialized in a different sport. Not I, swimming, I don't yeah, think. We never had a specialized trainer for swimming, ever. And so they assumed we came in knowing how to lift. And I had never picked up a barbell in my life. A lot of swimmers don't. And now it's changing, right? Like it is. Swimming yeah. is becoming a little bit more popular. Strength training is becoming so much more important for swimming. But before you'd swim and you were a swimmer, like you, the land stuff you were doing. Yeah, was it was like, just like sit on a spin bike yeah, and like, or like your legs. crunches and like I never abs. knew anything about a spin bike. Right. when we And we would spin three times a week for spin. Oh my God, for I swimming. remember that. And I knew n- nothing about resistance. Like they don't. You weren't taught. No, Bob would lead it. But but he was good about leading it because he would tell us resistance. I just didn't. No. The the single brain cell left in my brain wasn't firing. But you didn't know what it was like, like what it was. What it was supposed to feel like. Yeah. Um, I think also one thing with the identity death, and we, we obviously can move on after this, but like I think whatever identity death you're dealing with, right, whether it's a sport, whether it's a job, like in general, like whether you worked in finance your whole life and all of a sudden you're like, I actually hate what I'm doing. And now I want to go to culinary school and be a chef or vice versa. Like if you're dealing with any part of that or needless to say, like a divorce, like I've been a wife and now I'm not, or I've been a husband and now I'm not like any kind of identity crisis or death that you're going through remember that you don't have to be that person you're leaving behind but if you still want that to be a part of you you can still let that go to rest while acknowledging and knowing it has always had such a big you know a big part in developing who you are and where you're at now um because like obviously saying identity death it's like it's it's done. It's over. But there's two sides to it, right? Yeah. Like with the spin for you, you will always have that be a part of you. Yeah. I still go and take classes. Right. And it, and it's not easy to go take classes. No. I thought it would be, but I want to cry every time. Yeah. Because you want to be the one teaching. Yeah. And you know, that is a huge part of like relearning how it's still going to be a part of you, but also that it's no longer serving you yeah, and saying goodbye to things that no longer serve you, that you're not necessarily ready for it to be over is really hard. But I think that it's a huge part of growing as a human being and realizing I know that this is no longer meant for me, even if it's 
I don't want it to be over. <laughs> that can be said for a lot of things like relationships, toxic relationships, yeah. toxic friendships, toxic at jobs, anything. Like yeah. you're allowed to still love something, but need to leave it behind. 100%. And that. And it takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. So if you're working through that, like Carly is, is. <laughs> is definitely currently working through that. And no doubt it's super hard, but also like give yourself the grief and time and like, no, I saw something really amazing. Like grief is all the love that we didn't get to show or share. So, you know, all that love that you've always had for spin is coming out in that grief. Yeah. So know that if you're feeling this kind of way about anything in your life, that it's so normal and to talk about it. Cause I think talking about it actually helps. Yeah. Carly's like going to cry. I'm but literally like, tearing up. I, I think know. I'm PMSing. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I like don't mean to be tearing up right now, but I think it, it just shows that when one part of us, not, I, I don't even like the word dies. When one part of us is put to rest and we go through this change in our lives, it's emotional. And that is, I think not enough people talk about it. People yeah. just expect, you know, I think a lot of people expect, even if you're excited about a new endeavor, like Carly went on to solid core, which is so amazing and awesome. And I think probably a lot of people think, well, she's probably fine because she found another job and she's doing something in the fitness industry still. Um, but I think at the same time, people need to realize that like, it's different. It's, it's not the same and it's different. And it's, you know, it feels like a breakup. Almost. Yeah, it and, does. And we always joke that like breakups suck. <laughs> they do. They, we don't joke. They do suck. And like, I went through that time where I just was like, it was almost like I broke up with, with something and then jumped right into another thing and didn't give myself the time to process it. And so that's why well, unresolved feelings are coming up months later. Well, and I think that's good. Yeah. Because I think when we're working through shit, you you know when people love to talk shit about rebounds? That's like a rebound from a relationship? <laughs> no, but solid core is not a rebound, no, no, I will say. No, but what I mean, though, in, in a job life, you have to have something on the, like, ready to yes, go. Yes, no, I, or else I would be very broke. Well, but what I mean is there is something important about moving along to something after something has ended. Yes. Because it allows you to put your energy into something new. Yeah. However, the... The problem with that sometimes is it doesn't give you enough time to mourn the loss of a part of you that was so big and important to you. Yeah. So, I mean, the beauty of it is spin's always going to be a part of you and you will always be a spin instructor. I mean, I know that it's hard to Why not cry because <laughs> you loved your job. Um but I think, you know, I think it's important that you people see that it mattered that much to you and you mattered so much to other people, too, in that in that scope and probably had such a big impact on people's lives. And that doesn't go away when you stop being a spin instructor. That's kind of the beauty of it. And that goes for everything, anyone doing something that was important to them at one point. Like, think of all the other fitness instructors or therapists or doctors or or just you know anyone in a leadership position just because you're no longer doing it doesn't mean that everything that you accomplished and everyone that you touched like emotionally and mentally while you're doing it goes away yeah Carly's <laughs> okay everyone she's just emotional I must be PMS. <laughs> not that's okay too this is un i'm unwell i don't know what's happening well carly wanted to like poke at me and be like let's crack her no. with the swimming questions and all of a sudden we started talking about spin and now i'm like oh. well i got to carly's core <laughs> um but everyone's fine everything's fine it's fine we're fine uh but yeah, I hope I hope that if you're listening and if this is hitting home for this you resonates with you in some way. I'm sure it does, because even if we're you're talking about a literal breakup. Yeah. Like you can even think about like I was just I don't know why this crossed my mind, but like I was thinking about like if God forbid I Nick and I ever broke up, like 
the parts of me that I found and like had while you're with someone that you love so much, like in knowing that you were able to have that and it ending, like you have to be okay with it. Yeah. You actually have no choice. Like your body gave you no choice. And like a lot of people in a breakup, you're not given a choice. It's over and that's okay. But there are parts of you that you're still allowed to love that you found during that relationship. Absolutely. So if it's resonating with you, I hope that you can take away some golden nuggets from this conversation or just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. In <laughs> no, you are not. Two very different things. Like Carly and Spin, like me and swimming. Like I was like, no, I'm fucking good. Like I'm good. And <laughs> Carly's like, is I'm good. actually weeping because <laughs> this is really hard for me. And there are two sides to every part of this kind of story. And I think we could talk about it for hours because yeah. in our lifetime, there are probably so many parts of our identity that have changed that we've had to mourn, but probably have not given the time to process. So therapy is a real thing, guys. Yes. We're not licensed therapists and look at Carly and I talk through shit. <laughs> Hurley's like, what? Uh, I mean, as I say, this is all background noise. Yeah, so. background yeah, you noise. Know what? So. Yeah, this will be in the background, so it's fine. Pop it, pop it on if you want a, a quick cry. Uh, uh, mom's definitely going to cry during this. 100%. Car- Colleen's going to sob. Roger, yeah. Roger, probably not. No, probably not. But Colleen probably will. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have. Yeah, and I mean, if we dug up any emotions for you, I apologize, but also I don't because I think a good cry is always a good idea. It's a great idea, especially under lights when you're recording and your producer's <laughs> in the room and he's like, what is going no, on? <laughs> I actually would feel really safe crying in front of Hurley. Like if yeah, I was I mean, have, like, I don't a little care. I, just, or, like, I let cry. it rip. Yeah. You know, so. If I was going to cry... And I had to pick someone to like console me. I would definitely pick Hartley. Oh, that's so nice. Because you, you're just guys. Earlier, I tried shutting the door, and I'm literally one foot from the door. <laughs> and he's behind all of our equipment and a desk, and it didn't shut all the way. And he started to get up to shut it. True gentleman. True gentleman. I was like, the fact that you were about to do that. Anyways. I will be on vacation next week taking care of my mental health. And I will actually be away too. <laughs> so we will not be here next week. But the week after we have really cool guests coming on. Yes. So we are so excited. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Boston duo Lit to Lift, but they will be in studio recording with us in two weeks. So um, enjoy. Yes, we love you. And, and go it- re- listen to re- catch up on all the podcasts you need to catch up on next week yes and you know if you found anything that resonates you with this week definitely reach out if you want to chat because we're here and we're emotional and we love you yeah. don't forget to rate review subscribe only if it's five stars only if it's five stars according to carly because if it's three stars i don't want i it. will find you <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>